Welcome to Crypto Chronicles. Today on the show, we're just going to have a whole bunch of strange tales. From a shadow person encounter to a strange ritual you can do to summon an entity known as the Midnight Man, as well as bizarre entities found within the DMT hyperspace. A book known as The Oz Factors that challenges everything that we know about the world and how we perceive reality. A legend in Appalachia about the Brown Mountain Lights the controversial and conspiratorial Georgia Guidestones, and 13 celebrities that believe in aliens. Let's get into it, shall we? I'm your host, Tim Hacker, and you're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. This is, this is the way. This is the way. These, these entities, they would congregate. Now is the time to take risks. People have been reporting encounters with shadow people, seemingly since the dawn of human history. Every culture has its folklore or mythology analogous to a shadow person. There are varying reasons on just why a person would be opened up to an encounter with a shadow person, but it also has to do with location on top of that, or even the state of mind of the witness. These disturbing entities are also known for a variety of behaviors. Sometimes they are motionless and seemingly inert, frozen in time, benign. Other times they are violently intent on terrifying a victim. Sometimes they seem to erupt in an overwhelmingly dark ambience of fear that engulfs entire rooms. Other times they are hardly seen out of the corner of one's eye, only to then vanish from sight without a trace. Whether standing over us during a sleep paralysis event or haunting our very minds, we have no shortage of documented encounters with shadow people, such as the following. This article comes from liveabout.com and concerns a disturbing encounter with a shadow person. Michael W. tells of his close encounter in the fall of 1998. It has many typical characteristics, including that his perceptions happened when he awoke during the night. He had just purchased a home and spent the day painting it before moving in. His friends left for the night, but he decided to sleep in a beanbag chair. He awoke in the middle of the night feeling thirsty and went into the dark kitchen for a glass of water. Quote, that's when I got a distinct feeling that someone was watching me. There at the top of the basement stairs and in front of the light switch, I could distinctly make out the figure of what I automatically assumed was my good friend, Larry. I called out to the figure 
which did not respond. I was still absolutely convinced that I was looking at a living person. My guard went up with the dangerous possibilities of who it could be. I took out my pocket knife in case I needed to defend myself. Then, in an instant, the shadow moved forward in my direction. I lunged forward with my knife extended outward. I saw the shadow move into my arm as if deliberately trying to impale itself on my weapon, and it kept coming. I screamed, and the entity continued straight through my body. I spun around in a circular motion 180 degrees. I saw the shadow moving at an almost leisurely pace away from me. It proceeded through the large kitchen and into the adjoining dining room, and finally through the wall that would have led outside if it were a door. I finally turned on the light switch. Wide awake now, I searched the house, found nothing, and evacuated to my old apartment for the rest of the night. End quote. He never had a repeat of that encounter while living in the house. Of note, he said he wondered whether he was thirsty due to the paint fumes. A rational explanation would be that those could have been an influence, as well as an episode of hallucination associated with sleep paralysis. He also wondered if it might be associated with the address of the apartment, ending in 666, and that the house was aligned with magnetic north The Midnight Game This story comes from Channel 81 on odyssey.com According to legends, the Midnight Game is far older than its alleged creepypasta origins and goes back to the ancient times of pre-Romanized Europe and the pagan tribes that ruled the land in those days. The Midnight Game was used by these tribes as a boogeyman-type tool of control through fear. If anyone in the tribe upset the leaders or found themselves out of favor with the gods through one reason or another, then they may be forced to play the midnight game. Because of the devious entity behind this occult ritual, the midnight game has resurfaced from the collective human unconscious in modern times and has become a popular activity for thrill seekers and skeptics out there to prove there is nothing to the world other than their own biased, tiny, narrow worldview. Cryptic Chronicles in no way suggests that you play the midnight game, and in fact, highly suggests you never do. Belief is not required, as it is always unwise to mess with things that one does not understand, even if there is the slightest hint of possible danger. So do not ever play the midnight game. However, the simplicity and minimal supplies required to play the midnight game means that there is a very low bar in getting the game going. There are requirements to play the midnight game though. At least a single player, but there can always be more players in the game with no limitation in this regard. 
One requires a single candle per player, a lighter or matches, a piece of paper, a writing utensil, a sterilized pin for pricking the skin, a closed wooden door, and of course, salt. The game begins with an invitation before midnight. Within the chosen house, the ritual is being conducted inside. The player, or players, write their name on a piece of paper. It has to be the player's full name, first, middle, and last, in the proper order. Then one must prick their finger with the needle and squeeze out the blood over the name on the paper to the degree you are certain the blood has fully soaked into the paper. Then make sure that every single light within the house is turned off. One must then face towards the door required to start the game. The door must be wooden, and it must be closed. Then, one must light the candle and place it on the paper with the player's name covered in their own blood. Use common sense in this in whatever way is practical. Then the player must knock on the door 22 times, and the final knock must be done exactly when midnight strikes, not a second before or a second after, or you will have to wait until the next night to start the midnight game up once more. One must then quickly open the door, blow out the candle, then quickly close the door. After the door is closed again, the player must relight their candle as quickly as possible. One should then keep their salt and lighter close because the game has begun and the player is no longer alone. One must then begin walking about the darkness of the home and never cease moving from one room to another, spreading out to new areas as much as possible. The Midnight Man is now stalking the home in the darkness. The whole point of the game is to avoid the Midnight Man, an eldritch abomination whose tendrils grip deep into the roots of the collective human subconscious. Walking throughout the home reduces the chance that the Midnight Man will come across the player, but there are no guarantees. For unknown reasons, if one ceases movement during the game, the Midnight Man knows the exact location of the player. The entity can only come into our plane of reality through a metaphorical fog. So keep moving, and the player has a high chance of remaining unseen by the eldritch horror. If one's candle goes out while walking through the home, then it must be relit within 10 seconds. If the player succeeds in relighting the candle, then one must continue the game and not cease moving throughout the home whatsoever until exactly 3.33 a.m. If one is unsuccessful in relighting the candle, then immediately surrounding oneself with salt to create a circle is the only way to survive. If accomplished, the player must sit within the circle and never leave it, no matter what is seen or what is heard, until 3.33 a.m. At 3.33 a.m., the game is over, and one can turn on the lights, cease moving throughout the house without pause, or leave their salt circle without any harm coming to them. If the player fails during the game, 
there are various accounts of the dark fate that afflicts the victim. Sometimes, the Midnight Man fills the player's mind with hallucinations of their worst fears until the end of the game, possibly inducing madness. Sometimes, the Midnight Man will remove the player's organs one by one while they are fully aware and awake during the entire process of evisceration. Sometimes, the home that the game takes place in gets knocked out of its current within space-time, and the player is forced to play the game over and over for all eternity with the entity in a never-ending time loop. Sometimes, the Midnight Man takes a personal interest in a particular player and can seem to show mercy, intrigued by the demons within the player's mind and assisting them in overcoming them through hallucinatory narratives. The consequences when the Midnight Man finds a player who fails the game can also differ in severity depending on what time of year it is, or what day it is. Playing on Friday the 13th, or some other such analogous day associated with darkness, will assuredly result in a deadlier game. However, the consequences may not be any of these, and wholly unique to the individual. In any case, it's quite obvious that avoiding being caught by the Eldritch Abomination should be attempted at all costs. And there are hints that the Midnight Man is close during the ritual, which the player should always be vigilant and on the lookout for during the game. The following is how you know the Midnight Man is close. A non-human figure is spotted throughout the house. One hears disembodied whispers around them in the darkness. A sudden drop in temperature around the player. Or... The final and most common sign the Midnight Man is nearby is that the player's candle suddenly goes out. If the first three of these indicators occur, then the player should just keep moving or leave the room it took place in immediately. One should just make sure to keep their cool so that sudden movements or moving too quickly in general does not make their candle go out. If the candle goes out, just follow the directions already stated. There is no way to end the game prematurely before 3.33 a.m., and attempting to do so will count as a failure to the entity. But on top of trying to end the game early, there are also other ways to instantly lose the game. One must never turn on a light, use a flashlight, or use a source of illumination of any kind other than the candle. Do not ever try to leave the house during the game, or it is an instant loss. Sleeping during the game will result in a particularly more gruesome consequence. Using someone else's blood during the game will also not go unnoticed by the entity, and the thing does not like it when the rules are being messed with on purpose. So... Using someone else's blood will bring out a particularly focused vindictiveness from the Midnight Man. But most of all, one must never provoke the entity during the game. Even within the salt circle, or if one remanages to relight their candle, 
antagonizing the Midnight Man removes all barriers of protection, both spiritual and occult. However, most importantly, one must never assume the Midnight Man has left their house for good, even after the game is over. This article comes from our own site, CrypticChronicles.com, entitled, Seven DMT Entities. DMT use among psychonauts is much deeper than it appears to someone from the outside, with no interest in exploring consciousness. Indeed, it is far more than just, quote-unquote, getting high, or something like that, that ordinary people try to define the use of DMT as. To utilize DMT in high degrees is to push one's consciousness into something called hyperspace, in which the person basically leaves their body and experiences an alternate existence far beyond the mundane material world. Visions outside the physical body even happen if one has their eyes closed and annihilate the accepted views of reality. DMT studies by psychonauts have over 35 years of research and have some interesting conclusions, such as reoccurring entities people have encountered from DMT hyperspace experiences. In fact, these alternative dimensions seem to be littered with them. These entities are theorized to be culturally inspired in how they're perceived, but within cultures, there are consistent themes. However, the overarching connection between all cultures is that these entities are autonomous with an individualistic will. No matter what cultural filter is being used, all psychonauts encounter these DMT entities in hyperspace. But what is hyperspace, you may be wondering? Well, most think of it as another dimension or a level of awareness that is actually more in line with our true nature. It is made of light, energy, and without our mundane third dimensional world limitations, psychonauts taking high doses of DMT blasts them out of their physical body into hyperspace. But people have also claimed to go there during near-death experiences, profound meditation, the practice of yoga nidra, or even some accounts of lucid dreaming. Shamans who work with the DMT drink ayahuasca believe that DMT hyperspace is the afterlife. Psychonauts have roughly classified DMT entities into three categories. One, hyperspatial beings. Two, extra-dimensional beings. Three, local entities. For the sake of staying focused, and in line with the context of our topic, I will only cover a handful of consistently encountered entities here with a focus on hyperspatial beings. There are far too many DMT entities to cover at once, but I will continue their chronicling in future installments. And we'll get into these DMT entities after a quick break. You're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. Thank <laughs> you. 
One thing you can invest in that does not lose value is gold and silver. There is no better place to go for financial security than GoldCo. Rated A-plus by the Better Business Bureau. Get the free 2023 Gold IRA Kit Americans are using to protect their retirement savings. Get your free 2023 Gold IRA Kit at goldcogoldkit.com. GoldCo is a leader in the precious metals industry. From precious metals IRA to direct purchases of precious metal coins and bars, we partner with individuals seeking to diversify and safely grow their retirement portfolios. Allow Gold Co. to make your gold and silver investments easy, seamless, and secure. Our investment is in good hands. Chuck Norris, what? Oh, I'm recording. $30 off weed with code podcast? Did someone say $30 off weed with code podcast? Amuse delivers over 500 high-quality cannabis products from the Bay Area brands you love at everyday low prices. You can also rest assured that everything will be up to your high standards. So what are you waiting for? Start shopping now at Amuse.com. Use promo code PODCAST to save 30 bucks off your next order. That's A-M-U-S-E dot com. Is your brain always hungry? Do you have a mental appetite that often goes unsated? You may be suffering from hungry brain syndrome, a debilitating and sometimes life-threatening condition experienced by humans who require double, sometimes even quadruple, the amount of mental nutrition needed to sustain the general population. But now there's help. For years, our dedicated team of world-class researchers have been developing a thicker, more nutrient-dense podcast specifically for sufferers of hungry brain syndrome. And now we want to share it with you. All you have to do is search for our podcast, The Whole Rabbit, in your podcast player of choice and select from one of our delicious flavors like Slovenian succubi, Gnosticism, or Ancient Egypt. It's no wonder The Whole Rabbit is the most recommended treatment for hungry brain syndrome on the market. So what are you waiting for? Try The Whole Rabbit today. Do not listen while deep sea diving. Side effects may include eating carrots and shooting lasers. Talking heads. Talking heads. Talking heads. These entities are precisely what they sound like, though they are always encountered while traveling extremely fast and surrounded by psychedelic fractal hyperspace terrain. The entity usually appears human, but not always, and encounters with talking heads usually take the shape of a long and profound conversation. Revelations and epiphanies are the result of the meeting, if the tripper can keep their head on straight. The faces can be weird looking, fractal, or even solid and ordinary. They never try to instill fear and are universally neutral in demeanor, though unnerving nonetheless to the timid and amateur psychonauts. The heads often somehow know the person better than they know themselves, and if engaged with, can illuminate many hidden aspects of the psychonauts' true nature, and some psychedelic hyperspace terrain has many talking heads at once. Floating blue jellyfish. The floating blue jellyfish are usually seen in groups, 
They have brains visible through translucent skin where their eyes should be and exude a purplish aura. The aura permeates a feeling of love, but not all have experienced this feeling from them, and many who have were openly suspicious of it. Blue jellyfish are not known to be hostile, but can seem aggressive or annoyed in many cases because they were reported to get upset at psychonauts because they are not dead. They will frustratingly talk to people about it in a telepathic manner and converse in annoyance among themselves. They'll say things like, You're lucky we don't do anything. Or, We'll let you off this time. Which is kind of cryptically horrifying. They don't speak English, but more so a buzzing sound that can still be understood by the listener. Some say they eat the pain of the dying, or something like that, but no one really knows. If there were ever darker, more dangerous encounters with them, the victims didn't survive to tell the tale. Jesters, 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 jesters. Jesters are probably the most well-known DMT entities. Many famous people have talked about seeing entities like these, including Joe Rogan. While a jester can seem kind of creepy to many people, especially people with a fear of clowns, jesters don't really seem malevolent. Most of the time, the worst thing they'll do to you is laugh at you or make fun of you. However, in rare accounts, they have been said to become sexually aggressive to women. They are trickster entities and can be friendly to some while frightening to others. Those who think jesters are not scary often feel like they're in on the joke, metaphorically. They enjoy surprising, tricking, or somehow causing awe in the viewer. The environment is like a psychedelic circus, and the entities often wield tarot cards or playing cards they love to show the psychonaut. It is wise to respect the jester's performance, or things can get scary. Serpents and Snakes. Serpents are often associated with the ayahuasca experience of DMT. Still, there is no shortage of bizarre snake like entities, such as the snake pipes that seem to go on forever and ever to the psychonaut. Encounters with entities such as these are hard to categorize, yet, the snake pipes are reportedly benevolent and neutral at worst. However, these entities have frightened many people because they've reportedly completely enveloped psychonauts, then appear to be intent on swallowing them. These types of DMT entities could also be linked to gods of ancient cultures, such as the Quetzalcoatl serpent god of the Aztecs, and many of the snake-like entities and reptilian entities bless the psychonaut with incredible wisdom and secret knowledge. In fact, snakes are only seen in undesirable light within certain Western cultures. Snakes represent fertility, rebirth, healing, wisdom, and the creative life force. As such, 
transformation can, and often is, frightening. Snake pipes and serpent DMT entities are primordial and beyond the limited human perception of good or bad. If encountered, one should expect to shed their old skin and re-emerge in a new form. Machine Elves. Machine Elves. Machine Elves. Elves are one of the most consistent DMT entities that have been encountered. Terence McKenna coined the term Machine Elves, and they're also known as Clockwork Elves, among many other names in myriad cultures. The interesting thing about Machine Elves is that many different DMT entities are considered to be Machine Elves by many psychonauts. They have incredibly diverse forms and can even appear as sentient geometry. Some machine elves recognize the psychonaut and treat them with familiarity, which is intriguing and causes so many questions. They can also be ornery on occasion, but are primarily playful and greet the psychonaut with childlike innocence, like an old friend. Some people claim they are the architects of the universe and, quote-unquote, keep the show running smoothly. Machine elves try to teach or show many things, and the negative encounters with them only occur when the individual is unwilling to learn. But then again, this is based on the level of consciousness the psychonaut possesses, and what some consider bad is really just a misinterpretation. There are countless documented encounters with clockwork elves, and they've supposedly revealed countless secrets of existence to ascended humans. Flirty fairies, flirty fairies, flirty fairies, flirty fairies, flirty fairies. These entities, often described as flirty fairies, indeed flirt or even strip for the psychonaut, whether male or female. Sexual orientation is irrelevant to the entities, and they can be amorphous and ever-changing, complete with wings, as in folklore, or more abstract, but always easily categorized as fairies from fairy folklore. These entities are an embodiment of beauty and joy. They are so excited to interact with the viewer, it appears as they can hardly contain it and saying that their behavior is urgent, with their body language mirroring this excitedly burlesque intensity. They are universally beautiful and often emanate with a flashing light. The overflowing sexual intensity of the flirty fairies is theorized not to be sexual at all, in a way as we humans would understand it. More so, their behavior is a metaphor for their abundantly loving and intimate nature. This DMT entity is in stark contrast to real-world fairy folklore because the fairy folk are known to be pretty dark tricksters that have caused a lot of chaos and sorrow in our world. So, it's fascinating they are said to be so universally benevolent and loving in hyperspace. The flirty fairy almost universally leaves a positive impression on the psychonaut every single time. Dark, 
Frequently in DMT hyperspace, dark entities are stopped by other DMT entities, and some such intercessors have given off the vibe like a rule enforcer who blocks dark entities from doing what they want. But some occult psychospatial beings break through to the psychonaut anyway, especially depending on the inner world of that psychonaut. However, these beings only come around if invited somehow which sadly unknown to the tripper can be something as mundane as negative emotions, such as fear. Many psychonauts refuse to categorize, label, or document information regarding these entities because they want to protect those who may accidentally draw their attention. Secrecy is necessary because dark entities can cause serious psychological harm resulting in mental illness. In any case, Cultural origins seem to change how such entities appear, be it demonic, cosmic horror, or just plain ineffable. The psychonaut community regularly refuses to comment on dark entities within hyperspace. And now, another article from CrypticChronicles.com a comment on a fascinating book called The Oz Factors. The Oz Factors by Lawrence R. Spencer is a book that really goes against the mainstream narratives and is all about using the Wizard of Oz as analogies concerning the mysteries of our universe. In the book, Dorothy is used as a metaphor for humanity as a whole and how we are lost in an alien reality. We cannot truly comprehend and are constantly seeking our way home to Kansas. Lawrence R. Spencer feels like a lot of paranormal in our world can be looked at through an Oz-like lens, as well as the anomalies found in our ancient past concerning the origins of human civilization that the mainstream establishments ignore completely. The original term, the Oz Factor, originated from a British ufologist named Jenny Randalls in the 1983 book, UFO Reality. Described as a sensation of being isolated or transported from the real world into a different environmental frame world. It was this otherworldly silence that occurs just before a UFO encounter that seemingly is manifested by the entities behind the UFO phenomenon themselves. It is a state of surreal clarity where the normal laws of our universe are temporarily suspended Lawrence R. Spencer wanted to embody the Oz Factor while organizing his thoughts on the lack of any true understanding concerning the primal questions we all have buried within us. No matter how conditioned and brainwashed we may be in our culture's particular paradigms, these are all just limitations pushed onto our consciousness by outside forces. It is an enlightening representation of just how little we as a species truly know about our reality and the sheer hubris behind our delusional arrogance regarding our place in the universe. He says almost everything is spin-doctored, both in news, media, and a lot of the scientific work in our society as well. The book will make you question everything you once thought about reality, as well as the truly ignorant and subjective minds that keep the illusion alive. 
Many examples of the lies and cover-ups of archaeological and educational establishments are presented, enlightening the reader on how these establishments are perpetuated by guarding and controlling the narrative, and not in facts. These establishments depend on financial support, which cannot allow free thinkers or independent researchers into their little clubs. It is nothing but an inflexible intellectual hierarchy, he says. In truth, there are a plethora of anomalies concerning humanity's origin and history on Earth that is completely suppressed. The book gives many examples of archaeological discoveries that have been ignored and suppressed by the mainstream oligarchs, such as a 10-inch long link of gold chain found in a piece of coal in an Illinois coal mine dating back to an astonishing 300 million years ago. And 90 feet below the ground in the same mine, under solid slate, was discovered an anatomically modern human skeleton. Near Boston, within 15 feet of solid rock, beneath a rock formation called the Roxbury Conglomeration, a metal vase was discovered. Geologists analyzing the rock that the vase was submerged in dated the stone to be 500 million years old. And in defiance of the theory of evolution, stating humans evolved separately from dinosaurs, is a recent discovery in Texas of anatomically modern human footprints located side by side with dinosaur footprints. Many Homo sapien remains have been discovered alongside dinosaurs over the years. The book says numerous discoveries like these have been suppressed by mainstream scientific institutions. And the author gives many more examples, with all of them, suggesting we are hundreds of thousands of years old, if not millions of years older than we think. There are objective signs of sophisticated civilization far older than we could ever comprehend with modern establishment indoctrination. It's not a matter of what's real or factual. It's a matter of who controls the story and who has what to gain. The book goes on to throw a wrench into the theory of evolution and picks apart all its flaws and inconsistencies as well as a history of it and a lot of the biased stuff behind it and the people who weren't maybe what we think they were as they were taught in school. Surprisingly, the theory of evolution and the people behind it are not what is widely known. The author says it's based on faulty logic and mostly based on identity logic. Don't get me wrong though, it's not trying to go religiously dogmatic or anything like that. Just explaining that it's a flawed theory and gives many examples of just why it is so flawed. Yet it is followed as zealously by any religious zealot from history, by the scientific oligarchs and their ruling class benefactors. Lawrence R. Spencer also points out how damaging the theory has been to humanity in that it led to ideas like social Darwinism, eugenics, and the Nazi ideology, Marxism, and countless other ideologies that have caused countless murders and suffering, all in the name of science that turned out to be wholly false and unsupported by any legitimate scientific data. So, you can imagine just how much this book makes some people's blood boil. Spencer outlines how the weapon of secrecy works to maintain authority in our world, and how the survival of individuals and the collective is just a big game. Vested interests in power and control 
keep a monopoly over the eternal search for truth. At least according to the author. And the next article is from KYTNLiving.com called The Brown Mountain Lights of Appalachia. There have been paranormal mysteries surrounding this mountain as far back as people have been in the area. From Native American legends to UFO sightings to mysterious ghost lights, Brown Mountain has been a source of mystery for ages. It's located near the towns of Linville and Morganton in Burke County, North Carolina. The ghost lights especially caused a lot of alarm in the 1900s as the anomalous lights went against everything the people of that time understood about the world. The ghost lights have been associated with battles of the Civil War or Native American conflicts, with legends ever changing and evolving over time. People have been speculating about these strange lights forever. The lights themselves have taken on myriad descriptions. They are often described as orbs of many colors floating about 15 feet off the ground. Sometimes they are described as balls of fire or even just analogous to faint candle lights floating in the air. Sometimes the lights dance frantically in place, while other times they remain motionless or otherwise moving in a seemingly random, balloon-like way above the ground. The only consistent thing about the ghost lights is that they never float into the atmosphere or go close to the ground. The ghost lights can be caught on camera or recorded, which if you are interested, you should go check out for yourself. There's plenty of these things to choose from with a simple online search. I did enjoy looking through them. According to Cherokee and Catawba legend, there was a battle that took place on the mountain that caused immense casualties on both sides. And in the aftermath, many wounded were left behind to suffer a slow death upon the abandoned battlefield. During the night, women of the tribe searched for their fallen loved ones along the mountain with nothing but flickering firelight to guide them in the darkness. The theory is the emotional trauma caused an echo in the veil that separates realities from the spirit world. And in a way, the women are still searching for their loved ones to this day. The first Western sighting of the lights took place in 1771 by German engineer John William Gerald de Bram. He reported back to King George III that these ghostly lights were seen at the same time in the same location, nightly. These paranormal accounts have led to much skepticism concerning Bram's work but the tale is legitimately found in his writings and officially documented. The phenomenon crept into pop culture in Jules Verne's 1906 novel, Master of the World. The book has a tale of strange lights moving across the mountains of Appalachia, in the exact location the current legend resides. And this story caused somewhat of a supernatural panic back in 1903. Annoyed by all the fantastical tales coming out of the area, in 1913, the U.S. government sent an official agent of theirs named D.B. Sterrett to investigate the area. He tried to debunk the lights, as railroad lights and stuff like that, in an attempt to ease the anxiety of the people living in the area. However, in July 1916, flooding in the area caused all railroads to cease 
all along the mountain. This includes all electricity to go out. Yet, the ghost slides still occurred regularly, debunking D.B. Starrett's tale to the people in the area that it was all just train lights. Literally all electricity and other forms of artificial light were out for weeks, so the residents began to lose their nerves once more and were much more skeptical of anyone who were coming over trying to debunk the lights. In 1922, the government sent USGS scientist George R. Mansfield to debunk the lights once more, yet very unimaginatively, again blamed the lights on the railroads, but this time added car lights to the idea which did nothing to ease the anxiety of the residents since this was already disproven earlier. In any case, the area started gaining substantial money from tourism, so at this point, it was unlikely that many of the residents even wanted the orbs explained in any objective way anymore because it was so profitable. Debunkers have tried to say the lights are electrical phenomena, which is not backed up by evidence or any other known natural occurrences elsewhere. Do you like food? Do you not like going places? Do you like staying home and having food brought to you? Well, you're in luck, because a thing called Blue Apron exists. With multiple pricing, there's a way to get the gourmet delicious meals under any budget. And it's totally worth it. Cryptic Chronicles would not promote Blue Apron unless it knew how good it is for you. With all the junk and everything these days, the majority of people sustain themselves on poison and don't even know it. A healthy spirit, mind, and body requires a healthy lifestyle, and the ability to take care of yourself, and feed your body all the nutrients it needs to function at its best in our highly demanding lives. You get to choose your own meals. The chef-designed recipes include balanced Mediterranean delicacies, quick one-pan dinners, and top-rated customer favorites. Unpack your home delivered box with enthusiasm because there's a guarantee on freshness and the highest quality of all Blue Apron products and ingredients. Create magic following our step-by-step instructions. You'll experience the magic of cooking recipes that the master Blue Apron chefs created with your family's tastes in mind. With step-by-step instructions, so you never miss a beat and have to get frustrated about making the meal. I know I do that. At least, when I'm not eating a delicious Blue Apron meal that is responsibly sourced, quality ingredients like fresh produce. Sustainable seafood and exclusive spice blends means you're going to have a meal that's top tier over the common fast food garbage most people eat. And Blue Apron cares about the environment, which is another reason I love them so much, with recyclable ice packs and packaging to ensure your ingredients stay fresh until you're home and ready and easily disposable for the health of Mother Earth. Do yourself a favor, and take care of your body and mind the way nature intended it, with a healthy meal that's also gloriously delicious. With Blue Apron, the yummy goodness is dropped off right to your very doorstep. So if you like food, and you like not going places, then why not try Blue Apron, and give your mind a rest from going to crowded grocery stores, and writing a list of stuff to get, only to forget half. Blue Arun's got you. there thanks for listening to cryptic chronicles the show is sponsored by blueberry and if you're interested in starting your own podcast use our link we'll even give your podcast a shout out go to crypticchroniclespodcast.com and click on the blueberry link on the homepage. by doing so you'll be helping the show blueberry is optimized for itunes as well as all podcast hubs 
You won't have to worry about expensive contracts or fees. In fact, you won't have to leave your own website. You'll have your own RSS feed and no third-party sites. Try it for a month free by going through Cryptic Chronicles. Also, if you're a fan of cryptic content, please support the show on Patreon. By giving just $1 a month, you can really assist us in posting more content frequently. You'll also have access to bonus ad-free episodes of the show and the Discord channel. And the Discord channel. To keep up with all Cryptic Chronicles content, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and of course, Facebook. Give the Facebook page a like and join the Cryptic Chronicles group. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for supporting the show. But most of all, thanks for listening. Hello, dear listener. Have you ever had a paranormal experience? A spiritual or esoteric experience? Have you ever seen a UFO or something that you could not explain? Have you ever witnessed anomalous activity that defies reality? Have you ever experienced unexplained mysteries of existence? If you have your own cryptic tale and would like to have it shared on the podcast, then call 1-800-757-6049 and leave a message of your experience. If it's what Cryptic Chronicles is all about, then it will be shared on the show. Just make sure you thought about what you will say ahead of time, and give a clear and concise account. Also make sure to leave your name, where you're from, or any information that will assist in making a clear picture to portray to listeners of Cryptic Chronicles. Once again, call 1-800-757-6049. That's 1-800-757-6049. We look forward to hearing from you. Will-o'-wisps are another proposed explanation, which is otherwise known as gaslights. This actually does occur naturally in swampy areas where gas is built up under the soil, yet upon further investigation, the area does not have the natural occurring requirements to produce will-o'-wisps. St. Elmo's fire is another idea to explain away the ghost lights, but this type of phenomenon only happens during thunderstorms, and even more so, during thunderstorms over the ocean. The ghost lights of the mountain happen regardless of the weather, so this idea doesn't work to debunk the light's paranormal qualities either. Other theories state the lights are some sort of mirage or optical illusion. However, this idea too does not work because how those things work is subjective to one's own eyes. The ghost lights have been caught on film and camera many times making the possibility of it being an illusion impossible. Foxfire is another idea, which is a bioluminescent fungus that is actually found in the area. The only problem with this is Firefox is very dim and also attached to the ground or on fallen branches and the like. The ghost lights are only seen about 15 feet off the ground and are very bright, so it's impossible that they could be Foxfire. Pretty much despite all these desperate attempts, the ghost lights remain unexplained. There are also many ghost stories associated with the mountain, such as a murdered woman and her child on Jonas Bridge in 1936. 
Other ghost sightings are said to be from a Revolutionary War soldier, as well as a fallen soldier from the Civil War. There are also many UFO counts of people having close encounters of the third kind in the area. But despite what has been said so far, in truth the lights are not regularly seen. While sightings of the ghost lights are consistent, it is not as reliable to see them as some let on. Researchers who live in the area have seen the lights maybe 13 times since they've been investigating the phenomenon. But when you see the lights, you know you see the lights. And from CryptoChronicles.com, this article is called The Georgia Guidestones by Cody George. Amidst sprawling quarries and well-known factories within the granite capital of the world, Elbert County, Georgia, stands a monument shrouded in mystery and controversy, the Georgia Guidestones. In June 1979, a well-dressed stranger donning a suit and tie visited the Elberton Granite Fishing Company and announced his intent to build an edifice meant to transmit a message to humanity. He identified himself as R.C. Christian and claimed to represent a group of men who wanted to offer direction to humanity. Almost two decades later, no one is sure who R.C. Christian really was. Conspiracy buffs of the time were quick to point out the similarities between the pseudonym R.C. Christian and Christian Rosenkreutz the legendary founder of the esoteric Rosicrucian order. Since documents attributed to Rosencruz were signed, Freighter CRC. The monument, known as the Georgia Guidestones, stands tall at 19 feet 3 inches and weighs approximately 119 tons of granite, a not-too-subtle inversion of 911. The number 911 is sometimes considered a Masonic signal or code, that hints at the involvement of secret societies. Some hardcore conspiracy theorists suggest that this number represents a hidden or inverted form of the number 666, which is associated with the biblical figure of the Antichrist. This interpretation is sometimes linked to the idea of a new world order, or global elite, seeking to establish a totalitarian regime and impose their will on the masses. The guidestones bear an inscription translated in 12 different languages, four on the capstone and eight on the four main stones. The languages include Sanskrit, Babylonian cuneiform, classical Greek, and Egyptian hieroglyphic on the capstone, and English, Russian, Mandarin Chinese, Arabic, classical Hebrew, Swahili, Hindi, and Spanish. The message inscribed on the guidestones is a set of ten guidelines for humanity, including a call to maintain the Earth's increasingly fragile ecosystem, the promotion of human diversity, and the establishment of a single world court. Some have interpreted the guidestones as a call for a new world order, a global government that would exert control over the world's population. The guidestones have been the subject of much speculation and debate particularly among conspiracy theorists, who view them as a symbol of a secretive elite group's plan for global domination. In his book, The First Global Revolution, Alexander King, a founder of the premier think tank club of Rome, 
suggests that the world needs a common enemy to unite against. Quote, The common enemy of humanity is man, he wrote. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like, would fit the bill. All these dangers are caused by human intervention, and it is only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. Democracy is no longer suited for the tasks ahead. End quote. This idea of controlling the population under the guise of safeguarding nature is known as manufactured consent, quote-unquote. It refers to the use of mass media, propaganda, and other techniques to manipulate public opinion and create the illusion of consensus. Some have suggested that the Georgia Guidestones are an example of manufactured consent, designed to promote a particular agenda under the guise of promoting a better world. The erection of the Georgia Guidestones has been viewed by some as an example of mass manipulation via spiritual consent, which is the use of spiritual and esoteric symbolism to manipulate individuals into accepting these beliefs without informed consent or critical examination. While there are certainly critics of the Georgia Guidestones and conspiracy theories surrounding their origin and meaning, there are also many people who see them as a positive and inspiring message for humanity. John Van Cannon, Georgia State University professor, once said, quote, I see the Georgia Guidestones as a wake-up call for people to start thinking about how we treat each other and how we treat the planet. It's a powerful message that we need to take seriously. End quote. Another local, Jim Day, firmly stands behind the Georgia Guidestones. He's quoted, I think the Georgia Guidestones are wonderful and we need to wake up and start taking care of our environment and our fellow human beings. The Guidestones are a powerful reminder of that. End quote. The former president of the Federation of American Scientists, Dr. Jeremy Stone, has this to say about the Guidestones. The Guidestones offer a compelling vision of what could be, of what we should strive for. They are a beacon of hope in a troubled world. End quote. While the Georgia Guidestones have always been a source of controversy and conspiracy theories since its unveiling, Many people believe they are evidence of a secret society or a globalist agenda to control the population. Others have pointed out that the monument's message about population control and the need for a world government could be interpreted as a call for eugenics or authoritarianism. The Georgia Guidestones have been vandalized several times over over the years, with the most notable incident occurring in 2014 when someone sprayed graffiti on the monument it read, I am Isis, God of War. The vandalism sparked a debate about the meaning and significance of the monument, with some people interpreting it as a sign of increasing social unrest and political polarization. In July of 2022, after an attempted bombing, the Georgia Guidestones were officially decommissioned as a site of tourism and were promptly demolished. Despite the controversy and conspiracy theories, 
The Georgia Guidestones continue to stand as a unique and enigmatic monument to an unknown message and an unknown messenger. The monument's messages about unity, peace, and sustainability are undoubtedly appealing to some, but the question remains whether they represent a genuine call for positive change or a more sinister agenda. Yoko Ono, the widow of John Lennon, was recently quoted as referring to the American Stonehenge, saying, quote, I want people to know about the stones. We're headed toward a world where we might blow ourselves up, and maybe the globe will not exist. It's a nice time to reaffirm ourselves, knowing all the beautiful things that are in this country and the Georgia Guidestones symbolize that, end quote. Next up, we have an article from LiveScience.com called 13 Famous People Who Believe in Aliens. All credit belongs to Denise Chow, a live science contributor. With all the crazy stuff going on in the UFO slash UAP phenomenon world, and the government again twitching their thumbs and obfuscating any truth outside their designed psyops, there's been a whole new wave of people interested in aliens visiting Earth among the normies out there. While most famous people keep their opinions about the paranormal to themselves, there are those that have had their views on the unexplainable officially documented. And many of these people you would never expect to be believers in extraterrestrials. Winston Churchill Churchill wrote an 11-page essay concerning extraterrestrial life all the way back in 1939. The document reveals the sheer imagination of Churchill and how he was actually pretty ahead of his time concerning his views of the universe and all its hidden mysteries. Mostly remembered as a war hero, Prime Minister of Great Britain during World War II, not many people would have ever guessed the man had an interest in the likely possibility of alien life. Quote, I, for one, am not so immensely impressed by the success we are making of our civilization here that I am prepared to think we are the only spot in this immense universe which contains living, thinking creatures, or that we are the highest type of mental and physical development which has ever appeared in the vast compass of space and time." End quote. It's a fascinating reveal concerning one of the United Kingdom's most famous prime ministers. Khloe Kardashian The equally reviled as much as venerated Kardashian family has so many random stories revolving around them that raise eyebrows, it's no surprise one of them supports the idea of ETs out there with an interest in Earth. Back in 2015, Khloe Kardashian went to social media, excitedly proclaiming that she'd seen a UFO. Khloe has stated she's a conspiracy theorist and, since the sighting, has doubled down on her interests in the unexplained. Hillary Clinton Hillary Clinton is another famous character as reviled as she is revered by some, and back in 2016, during an interview, she stated that she wanted to review the classified files concerning UFOs. Hillary also expressed an interest in looking deeper into Area 51 and release all her findings to the public. Zayn Malik Famous singer Zayn Malik also back in 2016 had an interesting reveal during an interview. 
in which she was actually inspired to go for a solo career after a paranormal experience. The singer said an extraterrestrial spoke to him in a dream and inspired him to change his life in many ways. Malik has become extremely into the UFO phenomenon after this life-changing dream. Gigi Hadid Supermodel Gigi Hadid is the girlfriend of singer Zayn Malik, who I just mentioned, and she too shares a strong belief in the paranormal and their mutual interest in ETs and their interactions with Earth has only made their relationship stronger, she says. Demi Lovato Superstar singer Demi Lovato is another celebrity that is not shy about her beliefs in the paranormal, and on Late Night with Seth Meyers said, quote, how self-centered would we be as humans to believe that we are the only living things in the universe? End quote. Ariana Grande In 2013, superstar singer Ariana Grande said that she was completely obsessed with aliens during an interview with Complex magazine. She said that personally, she'd never seen aliens before, but she did have a ghost and demon encounter in the past. Ridley Scott Ridley Scott is one of the most famous and celebrated film directors in the world, who famously created the popular Alien franchise. However, like his franchise, he has a darker view of alien life in the cosmos and warns humanity to be extremely cautious concerning extraterrestrial life. Ridley Scott says that there are hundreds of alien species, basically in our galactic backyard, and that we would most certainly stand no chance against them whatsoever in a conflict, telling the agents France Press, quote, If you are stupid enough to challenge them, you will be taken out in three seconds. End quote. Gillian Anderson Gillian Anderson is easily most famous for her role in the ridiculously awesome series called The X-Files, playing FBI Special Agent Dana Scully. She's actually the opposite to her character on the show, at least the early parts of the show, in contrast with her later self, in that she is more of a fox molder in real life concerning the existence of aliens in the cosmos. Quote, I do to the degree that the universe is obviously vast and the thought that we are the only planet full of living beings doesn't make sense. That doesn't necessarily mean that there are aliens, but there could be. If we're talking about an advanced technology, that they'd be potentially further along than us is as conceivable as their existence. So I wouldn't rule it out. End quote. Katy Perry. Back in 2014, Katy Perry had some very interesting things to say during an interview with GQ, which revealed the pop star had an incredibly diverse range of beliefs concerning fringe lore. Quote, I see everything through a spiritual lens. I believe in a lot of astrology. I believe in aliens. I look up to the stars and I imagine how self-important are we to think that we are the only life form? End quote. Nick Jonas Star Nick Jonas also believes in aliens and has even claimed to have had a close encounter. Since the sighting, Nick Jonas says that he has completely changed his beliefs and become completely obsessed with UFO phenomenon lore. William Shatner 
It is no surprise that the original Star Trek star, William Shatner, is a believer in extraterrestrials, and he has been open about his belief in aliens for years, both in interviews, conventions, or just personal relationships and interactions. Stephen Hawking The man said to be the most brilliant mind since Einstein had dire warnings concerning alien life in the cosmos before his death. But even in his prime, the famous theoretical physicist did not shy away from his belief in aliens if pressed. In an interview, he once said that one day Earth would likely receive a signal from a habitable planet in space. Quote, But we should be wary of answering back. Meeting an advanced civilization could be like Native Americans encountering Columbus. That didn't turn out so well. Such advanced aliens would perhaps become nomads, looking to conquer and colonize whatever planets they can reach. That's all for today's show. If you would like any of the links to these articles, they will be found in the details of this episode. Crypto Chronicles is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and basically all podcast hubs. If you look for us, we're there. If we happen to not be on the one you listen to, just let me know and I will definitely upload every podcast I got right to that podcast host. If you can, go to the Facebook page and give us a good review or a bad review, whatever. But um, go ahead and give us a like and a follow. We're trying to get the 40K. In any case, just thanks for being here. And as always, I'd like to thank my current supporters, MJ Calvo, Adrian, John, Celestial Weavers, Alien X, Lorna Grubb, Linda Gonzalez, Angela Delaire, Ashley, Brad Herbert, Lawrence Lee, Patricia Coles, Kayla, Max, Michael Worrell, Jimmy Woods, Brodius, Sophia Owens, Scott Wellman, Beware the Q, Ashley Thompson, Matt Pullen, Johnny Wick, DeYale Adams, Danny Van Heck, Carnage, Jesse Leach, Austin Monday, Michael Graham, Ed Hawks, Trusty Old Senpai, Lux Lazarus, Brian Nolan, Jared Matthew Lawson, Jismic, Space Coin, Gary Hetzel, Tom McClurney, Colton Spenner, Justin, Miyamoto Musashi, Jeremy Gross, Psychic Terror, Jacob Neil McBride, Cameron Sanders, Robin Van Patten, Ryan L., Lee Gray, Rosalinda Gonzalez, Jonathan Jackson, Brandon Wigglesworth, Cody George, Annie Dadan, TD777, Emily Schmemily, Sphinx314, 61, and Dane Hegelson. 
Thank you so much for supporting the show. You keep the lights on. You keep this going. Thank you. I love you. I mean, we're friends, right? We'll be best friends forever. And as one of the best playwriters who ever lived once said, I have observed just as much horror in the light as I have of beauty in darkness.